but giving the vast energy which comes with this wave, I'm totally convinced that we will see in the coming months, years, not decades, tremendous developments which are beneficial for enterprises and organizations in general. Welcome from PwC. This is Up Next for Your Private Business, the video podcast series that brings together professionals from around Europe, Middle East, and Africa to uncover how private business leaders, governments, and policymakers can work together to build an enabling environment for private businesses to flourish and grow. I'm Peter English, Global Family Business and EMEA Entrepreneurial and Private Business Leader, PwC Germany. PwC's Private Business Attractiveness Index revealed that, contrary to popular belief, creating an enabling environment for private businesses comes down to more than just taxes and regulation. A solid technology infrastructure, for instance, is crucial to the operation of many businesses. Business digitization has moved from being a bonus to becoming a core requirement for businesses to remain competitive. And with generative AI transforming an already fast-moving space, how can private businesses stay ahead of the curve? And what challenges are lying ahead? To talk about that and much more, I have the pleasure to talking with Michael Müller-Wünsch. Michael is the Chief Information Officer of one of the world's biggest e-commerce companies, Otto Group in Germany. Beyond Michael's many business achievements, he also holds a doctorate in computer science, distributed artificial intelligence and business administration from the University of Berlin. Welcome, Michael. Hi, Peter. It's really a pleasure to be here with you in that nice talk. Excellent. So let us go straight into the question that we have prepared and in our dialogue. So in your opinion, what role does a good technology infrastructure really play in the success of a business today? Well, we are all fully aware that technology today is one key success factor in corporate success stories. And therefore, you need to have a deep knowledge, deep and expanded capacities on technology in all dimensions. And therefore, I can't foresee any promising business future without having a reliable, but also a future-oriented tech infrastructure and application setup. So at Otto Group, how did you find the balance between having cost-efficient technology in place and on the other hand, having the need for cutting-edge, high-performing systems, systems that can support companies' growth and innovation? Is there a trade-off or does it come at the same time? Please share a little bit about your experience. Well, as we are more than seven decades in the business and a typical mid-sized enterprise with a Central European origin working globally, as a mid-sized company, we have understood very early, already two decades ago, that technology will play a huge role in our business model. And therefore, we gradually, but also constantly, have migrated our total business setup from an analog setting, which had been the success factors in the past, into a digitized business concept, which is in use today. And with this in mind, we constantly have explored 
new developments on technology, be it on mobile, be it on artificial intelligence, be it on analytics in general, where we see huge opportunities to improve the customer and consumer journey while doing business with us as an organization. So it was nothing disrupt in a sense. We have took a decision on a Friday and on Monday, everything was changed. Now it was a process over years, even decades, that we have achieved the status where we are today. That's very impressive what you have achieved at Otto Group. And as you mentioned, you are in business for more than seven decades. And uh, today you are one of the largest e-commerce companies. So it's really amazing how you manage this transition. So looking into the future, looking at the broad range of new technologies coming up these days, what do you think, which technology may have the biggest impact on businesses and private businesses? And how should owners and business leaders prepare for the changes in technology lying ahead? Well, we are convinced that technology is a key ingredient of future success. But with technology, there are also challenges and risks ahead. So running and operating technology is also a question how you can guarantee a secure business. Security is an ingredient which you need to manage and to emphasize. By securing uh, businesses and infrastructure, you can generate a trustful relationship with partners and suppliers, maybe on the inbound side and customers and consumers on the outbound side of your whole supply chain or business in general. So whatever you have in mind, improving the experiences of your customers, security comes immediately with it. The second part, I believe, is that there are application developments which are very much influenced by edge technologies, which means that we have sensors and measure points within our operations where we can derive data from and can, by thoroughful analytics, also again improve our business efficiencies, but also the customer experience. And the third development, and that is maybe the most fascinating at the moment currently, is what is coming from this generative AI developments, which we are seeing since the end of 22 and the beginning of this year, 23, where we are kind of even overwhelmed of the technical potential which lays ahead of us when applying this technology to our business operations and also maybe providing answers on some really demanding challenges in the future, how we will want to manage short people resources that we might improve productivity and operations, but also safeguarding to some extent corporate knowledge within a technology framework of artificial intelligence. That is not yet bulletproof in a sense. It's a common standard, like we are used to the internet usage and so on. But giving the vast energy which comes with this wave I'm totally convinced that we will see in the coming months, years, not decades, tremendous developments which are beneficial for enterprises and organizations in general. 
What do you think about the metaverse? So metaverse has discussed a lot. Will this be the next big disruptive thing for retail? I believe that metaverse has a good play when it comes to B2B environments. There, I do see some use cases when you would work on, for instance, digital twins on your machineries and on your operations when it comes to maintenance and product development. There, I could foresee some really interesting uh, use cases. When it comes really to retail in a sense of consumer goods, I don't see currently the really widespread use cases. Yes, there are these experiments from high luxury brands that they want to transfer a user experience from metaverse into real world and vice versa, but I don't see it on a broader way. But as I said, in the B2B environment, maybe also in the service industries, there might be some areas for training and education where the metaverse can be of really an exciting perspective. Excellent. So you mentioned things like cyber and data privacy. So how difficult is it really to make your IT systems bulletproof, so to say? And how difficult is it to adhere to all the regulations that exist? So, and how are you dealing with this challenge in the Otto Group? Well, if you want to have trusted business relationships, you need to invest into secure technology and safeguarded technology. And for us, one of our strong value levers is that we want to establish and continuously work on the level to improve it, that we have a trustful and secured business operation where people who like to consume products from us, i.e. buy them, know that all the data they provide for these transactions are really safe and secured. And what we have to understand today, digital and tech security is not a one-time effort. It is a continuous investment and also kind of financial burden. But if you take it really seriously, you will benefit from a business perspective because people, they have a desperate desire to trust into what they see, even if it's digital, and that they know that organization and enterprise take it seriously. So whenever we discuss on the financial of IT security, we take it serious in the sense that we provide budgets for the teams, for the organization, that they can constantly work on that topic because we know Well, similar to a building or other things you need to maintain if you want to have it and keep it in good shape, then you constantly have to invest into it. And if you don't do so, then maintaining and operating your apartment, your house or whatever you regularly using will have a date when it, everything will fall apart. And similar it is to IT security. It's not sufficient only to have maybe One security audited, even by external providers, no, you need to have a roadmap, how you maintain a constantly high level, not falling into the naive belief that you are done and that you're 100% secure. Because we know there are always leakages and it is the obligation of board members, executives, managing directors to take care on that topic. So... We, for instance, in our management boards, 
regularly on a two-monthly base talk on our security situation and constitution of our businesses and seeing what is going out in the outside world, but what do we see also in our internal world. So constant investment. And if you don't have the capacities internally, you need to prolong that through external partners. I believe that is it should be a top number one priority of executives and managing levels. I'm pretty confident this is the case with the majority of companies today. So let's broaden the focus a little bit from a company perspective to a broader perspective. You know, our effectiveness index is measuring also the impact and the condition that regulators, governments set to business leaders and the acceptance of new technology in society. So what is it what you observe in Germany? How good are the conditions for private businesses in Germany? What is the way you would say this is a benefit for being located in Germany with regard to technology and infrastructure and in which areas you see room for improvement? Well, as you said, we really need to respect it from a broader perspective. When it comes to instance data privacy or data ownership, we have, from my perspective, three different value systems in our world. There is maybe the US style where normally the US companies believe they own the data. When you go to Asia and especially to one of the main countries, there is the belief that the state owns all the data. And in Europe, we have the more traditional perspective, which is founded on our European ethical value systems, where I'm a strong supporter of that data belong to the individual. And therefore we have developed over the years and framework with the GDPR, which is respecting that perspective that data is owned by the individual. And that is especially from the angle that we do not want to have anyone abusing personal data for their purposes. And for me, and we see that also globally, GDPR is a burden, no matter, and no doubt on that which is somehow a framework which is more and more respected and is also a reflection on our European ethical value system. When it comes to other regulations, we have to make a great distinction which goes into the direction what is an administrative bureaucracy which is not providing any added value and is maybe not a reflection on our European and maybe even German value system of our society. And what it might be something what we would be very keen on that this is continued because we are living in a democratic setup as Germany, which many other countries still, I believe, have a very strong respect that what Germany is managing in that perspective. But of course, what we do have to understand if we maybe stress too much these regulation perspectives, it will hinder innovation and by the end of the day also business which are built up and especially when it comes to smaller and medium-sized enterprises, it will kill further developments. We do see it at the moment and one of the most recent technology act 
which had been issued for discussion called the European Artificial Intelligence Act, mm-hmm. where we still maybe, from my perspective, do not have balanced our idea how Europe can have still a promising perspective, also economically-wise and society-wise, on that technology, or are we killing, and especially for small and medium-sized enterprises, any kind of future business activities, because there's going too much bureaucracy coming along with this act, which is a huge barrier for startups and smaller businesses. Bigger corporations, maybe listed on the stock exchange, They can deal with all these kinds of well, kind of overhead activities, put it this way. But smaller ones, I will say, this is not the place where we want to be. And we try the utmost to influence this legislation process and saying there must be a respect on the European digital sovereignty that we want to have our own way, but it shouldn't be an, an rocket burden. What it might can come, which especially in that matter is strange because the technology is not even that stable that you can issue a law which usually is stable for years and sometimes decades, and you constantly have a kind of moving target. So we need to be, we have a different kind of approach and flexibility on that topic. What I'm hearing from you is, I think, a very valid point, how to balance the need for combining the possibility that technology offers with ethical standards, with data privacy, protecting individuals. And I think in the European context, you are saying what has been achieved is GDPR and what is in the making with the use of AI, for instance, is good, but it should not create such a big bureaucratic burden that it becoming a competitive disadvantage, especially for smaller businesses. Would this be a fair summary to build trust in the use of technology? For sure. We know that there are typically two signs on the coin. And if you want to apply technology, you should understand all the impacts. We know, for instance, digitalization is also consuming huge energy resources. And therefore, we all believe that digitalization can be a lever to find solutions for safeguarding somehow our future of mankind on our planet, on one hand. But on the other hand, we also know that digital infrastructures create currently a huge impact. And it's not only the data centers, it's also the edge technologies, mobile devices, IoT devices, where we Mm -hmm. have to find solutions for, which is feasible, by the way. And therefore, as I said, there's not only one bad or positive perspective on infrastructure, on digital capacities and capabilities. And therefore, you need very well and knowledgeable persons who take decisions what might be the way forward on a political level. And there I also see a huge and important role of stakeholders on these topics that they raise the voice and try to generate kind of opinion which will be beneficial for our society from a political and maybe from a European perspective. So we will watch this development very carefully and we'll see how it looks like then and what the development brings. So let me come to a last question with regard to how to lead digital transformation in a business. We know that 
often employees are a little bit scared when it comes to changes and how does it affect my workplace? How does it affect my job security? So how would you say business leaders should communicate, engage with key users in the organization to make them supporter of the transformation instead of roadblockers? Are there any good practices that you came across or have introduced at Otto Group that you say this is a way to bring the workforce behind the journey and supporting the change? Well, obviously, there had been some good improvements happened within the Otto Group in the last decade and in the recent years. And I would also a bit rename the label digital transformation into future-oriented business transformation. And that by digital means. We are not introducing technology for the sake of technology. No, we are introducing technology in our business models into our business operations because we have the strong conviction that this will help us to have in the future still a relevant position and capacity to play within the competitive environment. So it is a business transformation safeguarded through technology and the technology should be an assistant for the business operations, i.e. the people who are working in the business operations. And it should be supportive, especially when it comes to the most recent discussion on artificial intelligence. I'm constantly phrasing that it's far more the discussion whether you can stay in business without AI or whether you not even become a super organization if you combine humans with AI. And having said this, we have started a couple of years ago, seven years ago, a cultural change program from the very top of our executive board even our shareholder and other stakeholders had been involved into that process that we believe said, okay, if we want to kick off that business transformation path to be future ready with the organization, we need to talk to the organization and integrate it into the process. So it's not any longer that you have maybe on the Mondays a PowerPoint presentation by somebody else and everything else will happen then on the Friday. No, it is a constant, again, investment in the cultural and organizational development of your organization. And that is not only on training new skills, that is a must-do to some perspective, but it's also on elaborating how collaboration within a typically siloed organization will take place in a more networked organization where you even partner with competitive environment to generate a business solution which is appropriate for the market. So uh, thinking from being a silent business organization into a networked, future-oriented business generating machine powered by technology, that is maybe the story which lays behind it. And yes, you need tech-savvy people preferably either even on the supervisory board level or a similar structures, governance bodies of medium-sized companies, family-owned businesses, or when it comes to the senior executives or managing directors, 
that there is a kind of technology skill available for discussions and providing directions. And what I do see currently in my peer group of board members, technology, IT or similar, there are already some of these family-owned businesses and mid-sized companies who have understood this importance and therefore have taken actions and assigned um, skilled persons, sometimes a little younger than the average age of board members and managing directors, but nevertheless a well-experienced to help within the business transformation activities with their tech and digitization knowledge, which they have gained over the last 10 to 15 years. Thank you so much, Michael, for joining me today. It has been truly fascinating listening to you. And I like what you said, that it's not about digitization. It's about business transformation with the support of technology. To everyone watching or listening today, thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. This was the last episode for now, but keep an eye on our website where we will release the latest edition of the 2023 Private Business Attractiveness Index very soon, followed by another podcast series. Take care and goodbye. Bye-bye. Copyright 2023, PwC. All rights reserved. PwC refers to the PwC network and or one or more of its member firms each of which is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com forward slash structure for further details. This content is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.